You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And just like that, we're back. Another edition of the Late Kick Extra podcast. Thursday morning, November 18th, Dear of Our Lord 2021. We've got coaches to hire. We've got apparently a lot of money to spend to do so because we're all rich around here now. And we've got a loaded mailbag to sort it all out. At Late Kick Josh on Twitter, at Late Kick Josh on Instagram. That's how you can submit the question. Tuesday morning and Thursday morning, that's what we do around here. It's only in the podcast feed. You will not find this on YouTube. You will not find this anywhere else. It's just me here in Nashville, and it's me fielding your questions from Evansville, Indiana, to Albany, Georgia, and anywhere in between. Actually, now that I think about it, that really doesn't cast that wide a net. Hold on a second. So let's go anywhere from Danville, Virginia, to, oh man, somewhere out west. Uh, Let's go Bakersfield, California. Danville to Bakersfield, never we're in between. There we go. Now we've got everybody virtually under the sun, and we have got some things to discuss this morning. A lot of you were asking about Mel Tucker and all of these headlines about $7 million. How about $8 million? Do I hear $9 million? Well, we're hearing it all. And the LSU job's open, and we've got the USC job open, and we may have the Florida job open, we may have the Miami job open. I think you kids out there, you kiddos, you need to take note of this. I know we got a huge, huge college audience. So some of you guys are, all of you guys, let's be real. If you're in college, you are new to the game. You have lived on this planet 20 years. Some of you maybe a little bit longer. You have not seen many of these coaching cycles because I think when you were seven years old, you weren't really paying attention to this. So you got about a decade, maybe five years under your belt of watching the coaching carousel. And once you get a little seasoning on yourself, you get to be 35 or 45 or 55, I think you're going to look back on this cycle. And we all may talk about this 2021 coaching cycle. Think about this the same way we talk about college football 2007. When we talk about crazy seasons, we go back to 07 because that's the year that everybody that otherwise would never be involved in the top five and the college football, well, at that time, the BCS discussion was in the discussion. This is going to be that year. I don't care if it's 2025 or 2045 that you look back on and you say 2021 was the benchmark. That was the standard for crazy college football searches. And we're right smack dab in the middle of it. And as you can clearly tell by the names I just listed, I don't even think we're in the heart of it yet. Yeah, LSU and USC are open. Can you imagine Miami and or Florida coming open along with it? We got Virginia Tech open. TCU's open. TCU, while maybe not fishing from the same pool that, let's say, LSU is, uh, TCU is a wildly attractive job, much more attractive so in the coaching world than maybe the average fan perceives it to be. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes. We are going to be talking about it a lot, and I've got to balance it. This is where it gets a little difficult. This is where I'm going to use you guys a whole lot to gauge traffic patterns because I'm building the shows for you. You got to let me know what you care about. Right now, you're telling me you care a lot about coaching searches, and I get why. But we have to also responsibly balance it with talking about football. I mean, because that's where we have built this entire season towards. We're getting towards the end of the year. We're getting towards conference championship Saturday, and it's a Friday in the Pac-12. So we got we to gotta fit it in, and this is where we get really lucky that we don't have to do a 30-minute show or an hour show. Uh, like tonight on Late Kick Live, we can go four hours if we need to. Probably won't, but can if we need to. So let's dive in. The mailbag is fraught and 
What am I about to say? You know how rarely I use that word. It is fraught with people asking whether Mel Tucker is being overpaid by Michigan State. The reports are, it's not finalized yet, but the reports are Mel Tucker is going to sign some deal in the neighborhood of making him $9 million plus a year. That's right. You heard me correctly, kiddos. $9 million a year for a guy who had a sub-500 record as a head coach coming into this year. That is not to disparage the name of Mel Tucker. I love Mel Tucker. That's to let you know where we are. It used to be that you had to put years and years and years of proven results on the board. Well, those days are past. And now you can make as much money as Nick Saban for doing one one hundredth of what Nick Saban has done. What contributes to that? Because a lot of you were asking, do I think he's overpaid? No, I don't think any coach is overpaid. You are making what people are willing to pay you. It's the same thing in my world. There are people in my world who would say this news anchor or that talk show host is overpaid. Well, no, they're not. They are worth exactly what someone's willing to pay them. Conversely, you may not be underpaid either. If you are, then get a better agent. I don't even use an agent. I don't have one. I represent myself. Uh, but I also know what I think my value is. If I take it out onto the open market and no one agrees with me, well, guess what? I may have overvalued myself. They may not want to underpay me. I may have overvalued myself. Well, conversely, if I take myself out onto the open market and one company offers me 1.75 and then another company offers me 2.2, and let's just hope our future negotiations go parallel to the numbers I'm presenting, by the way. Hope everyone's listening. Uh, then I am not overpaid if that's what they're willing to pay me. I'm not overvalued. That's the way value works. What is someone willing to pay you? That's your value. But it's always important to note, your value is not strictly determined by your merit or your resume, your wins and losses record. How many top five classes have you recruited? Oh, that's all part of it. But if that were the case, Mel Tucker would not even be in this conversation right now. He just doesn't have a long enough resume, period. He has not been a head coach for long enough. So what does it have to do with? Well, it has to do with the market and market forces. And right now, it is the best time you could ever have picked to be hot as a name. It is the best time you ever could have picked to be in play for one or multiple programs. I would argue it's probably one of the worst times to have a job opening. But if money is not an issue, then it itself is not an issue. However, I want you to listen to that phrase very carefully. When I say money's not an issue, what do you think to yourself? Let's say you're a fan of a program and I, as a booster of your program or as the AD or a reporter close to your program that talks to those people, I am saying money's not an issue. That makes you swell with pride, doesn't it? Well, it's also the answer as to why we're at the point we're at. And I'm going to get to that a little bit more tonight, but I just want to, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I like it. It's good for us. I just think it's so funny how in this world, you have very, very elite seven, eight, nine figure net worth businessmen and women who completely forego every bit of economic sense and fiscal responsibility that got them to their status in life when it comes to negotiating a football contract. And it's because passion and emotion get involved. It's beautiful. Again, it sounds like I'm speaking ill of it. I'm not. This is great for us. I hope it continues forever. It's great for us. But I will say if you were to bring an economics professor in the room and he were to look at this, if you were to bring an economist, period, into the room and he or she were to look at this, they would say, um, well, yes, there is a flaw or two in this logic. And the flaw is there isn't financial sense and fiscal logic and responsibility behind this. But hey, that's okay. You see the national debt lately? You can make it in this country having no fiscal responsibility. 
Of course, the key difference there is when you are a congressman on Capitol Hill, you're spending money you didn't earn that is not coming out of your pocket. Whereas in a coaching search, a lot of these folks are spending money that they earned that is going to come out of their pocket. So how do they justify it? Well, it gets really easy once you understand how this works. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit more tonight. But my short answer, uh, Kevin and a number of you who asked, no, I don't think Mel Tucker would be overpaid. Michigan State's not paying him out of the kindness of their heart. They're paying him in theory, if this is finalized, because that's what they think he's worth and that's what they think it's going to take to keep him at Michigan State long term. Therefore, that's your value. So no, I don't think he's overpaid. I can get another mil and a half to two mil per year for him for all I care. He still wouldn't be overpaid. That's what the market has decided he's worth. That's what he's worth. It's a big number, though, really big number. What I hope happens, or I guess rather what I hope doesn't happen, is I hope People don't pay Mel Tucker that kind of money and then think that all of a sudden they're allowed to expect something more than what he's capable of producing. Mel Tucker's only capable of what he's capable of. That's all any of us are ever capable of. No one gets to come to you if your vertical jump is 36 inches and say, hey, Josh, I will pay you $5 million per year to come jump for me. I say, okay, I'll take it. That's $5 million more than I was making. And then all of a sudden I come over and I do my vertical jump for him and it's 36 inches and they say, we're going to need more. And I would probably initially say, okay, boss. And then I would jump again. Oh, maybe I get 36, five. And that goes well beyond my physical limitations thus far in life. And they still shake their head. Nope. We need more. This guy over here from a country you can't even pronounce. He's doing 47 inch verticals and you're only giving us 36. We're paying you that money for a reason, Josh. We need a higher vertical jump. Well, I keep going, keep going and keep going. Guess what I'm doing? I'm hitting 36 inches every time. And the reason is because that is my maximum capability. If they walk up to me, having known what my maximum capability is, and say, you're fired because you underachieved relative to what we were paying you, that's not the way that works. doesn't really matter how many zeros you add on someone's salary, guys. It does not afford you the ability to all of a sudden draw more than their maximum capability out of a person. It's not the way that works. So Mel Tucker is who he is. doesn't matter whether you pay him $1 million or $20 million. What I hope is that they don't get short-sighted at Michigan State because they're paying him more money, therefore thinking all of a sudden he's going to be capable of delivering more than previously he would have been capable of delivering. That's where you get yourself in trouble. That's where I think the entire sport collectively has got itself in a little bit of trouble. It's the microwave mentality. We'll throw more money at a guy, therefore that buys us the opportunity to speed up the process of success. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do that at all. Everything that is a constant remains a constant. The variable, in this case, a salary, can change if you want it to change, but it doesn't change what the constants are, the rules, the status quo. None of that changes. So with that out of the way, I'm going to talk more about that tonight. I'm going to go in a little bit greater detail. But with that out of the way, we move on to the mailbag. Now, this is a first. I don't think I've ever seen this happen before. Kathy, who is going to be our resident watchdog, apparently, asked me, did you see the negative comment about you being a Georgia hater in the podcast review section? I had to be honest. No, Kathy, I had not seen it. So I go over to the podcast review section. Two things caught my eye. One, you guys flooded us with five-star reviews and great written reviews Tuesday when we asked for them. So thank you for that. We're almost at 2,000 now. We're at 1959 as I speak this morning. So uh, I need to, what, what is that? Stats and info, quickly, crunch it, crunch it, 41. I need 41 of you. I'm alone, FYI. Uh, I need 41 of you, at least, to hit us with a five-star review. But that's not what caught my eye only. The second thing that caught my eye was I scrolled down. I found the post Kathy's talking about. I'm going to read it in a second. But I want any of you out there to make sense of this for me. 
So somebody, I don't know if this is a guy or a girl, they come in here, listen to this whack job. The analysis and entertainment factors have taken a major, major hit since Trevor and Ben moved on to other ventures. Just shallow anecdotal stuff now from the new hosts without much else. Topical and timely, pumping out the right content, but just not what the show used to be, sadly. Speaking of Mel Tucker's exorbitant salary, I'll give any of you $10 million a year for life if you can tell me who Trevor is or who Ben is. Never heard of him. I read that and I said, whomst? That's what I said. Trevor? Ben? Sounds like an ice cream shop? I have no clue. It could be a law firm. It could be a shoe manufacturer. For all I know, these guys are wanted for missing child support payments in Santa Fe. I don't know who they are. I just know we've never had a Trevor, nor have we had a Ben on the show. As best I can tell, this show has been me and you. Now, I may have a Trevor out there. I may have a Ben out there. Well, I mean, I know you didn't wake up expecting to hear this, but someone wants you back. I just want to meet you for the first time. Someone wants you back. So anyway, we scroll past that. Unfortunately, we can't delete that. That just lives as a two-star review. So thank you, whoever that was. I'm 110% sure that probably happened between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m. I move on. Here's what Kathy was talking about. Here's another two-star review. Amid a sea of five-star reviews, here's our other two-star review. I have been listening to the show for over a year. Recently, I noticed some pro-Bama coverage and some anti-Georgia sentiment. More specifically, Kirby Smart anger. This is why the rest of college football fans and media should keep playoff in perspective. There is more to college football, but you say now if Georgia does not win a national championship, this season is lost and Kirby is on the hot seat. You have issues with Georgia that make you biased. Let's work in reverse. I can't tell you how many different ways this post is wrong, so let's just work in reverse, shall we? I will pay you, sir, $10 million per year. If you find a single clip, you only need one. You claim I do it all the time. You're only going to need one example of me saying Kirby Smart will be on a hot seat of any kind. If you can find those words together in a sentence coming out of my mouth, I'll give you my next paycheck. It's not quite $10 million per year, but I'll give you my next paycheck. That's point one. So you lied there. That's false. Let's continue here. Okay, uh, I have issues with Georgia. Sir, I am from Georgia. Uh, this show was based in Georgia when it originated. If there's one single program out there I would handpick to win a national championship for the sake of our show, it would be Georgia because it has long been my belief and recently backed up by tangible data that Georgia is the single biggest listenership that we have. The Georgia fan base is bigger than any other single fan base that we have. So you're over for 2. Don't worry, the strikes will keep coming. Here was the one that really tickled me. This is why the rest of college football fans and media should keep playoff in perspective. There's more to college football than playoff. Uh, the phone has been dropped. So any of you who actually have listened over a year, like this guy claims he has, understand that it got so old, me saying what he just actually said, that you probably got tired of me telling you there's more to college football than just the playoff. I'm the guy who's beaten that drum harder than anyone. I have beaten that thing like a tom-tom. While everyone else was releasing playoff predictions at our company over the summer, I was the one who was late to the party. I was the one they had to come to and say, hey, we need your submission. Excuse me, are you there? Hey, Josh, we really need your submission for the playoff prediction. I was the one that waited to the end. That's how little I care about the playoff up until this time of year. This is when I start talking about playoff. I'm all about the regular season mattering. I am Mr. There's more to college football than the playoff. And anyone 
who actually had listened to the show for any length of time would know that. Uh, Okay, here's the other part. Uh, This is fun for me. This is kind of cathartic for me. I'm glad that you all are here while I'm over here on the couch. He said, I've been listening to the show for over a year. I highly doubt that. I recently noticed some pro-Bama coverage. You will always get pro-Bama coverage on this podcast. I'm going to tell you why. You're right smack dab in the middle of the greatest dynasty in the history of the sport, led by the greatest coach in the history of the sport. How ignorant would I be if I existed in 1976 and I didn't continually praise Paul Bear Bryant and the University of Alabama? How ignorant would I be if this podcast existed in the late 80s and I was not praising the Miami Hurricanes? How ignorant would it be if I were around in the mid-90s and I said, Steve Spurrier in Florida? Eh, not that big a deal to me. There's always going to be pro-Bama coverage here because they are what everyone else wants their program to be. But the crux of all this really was at the end where I allegedly claimed that if Georgia does not win a national championship, the season is lost and Kirby's on the hot seat. The second part, I already beat down like a pinata. The first part is accurate. I got a dozen Georgia folks I could text right now who would back it up. That didn't come out of my mind. It's just me echoing the sentiment I get constantly from folks back home and folks around that program. You notice, by the way, that leaked portion of audio from Kirby Smart the other day? Out of that locker room, everyone got all excited because for some reason adults get excited when other adults cuss. I've never really gotten it. That's standard locker room stuff, guys. But you don't get to hear it all the time. So I know why it got you a little fired up. That's okay. That's not what I took from it. What I took from it is Kirby Smart yelling, this is our year. You know why he yelled that? Because he knows it is their year. And you know why I'm saying what I'm saying about this being the year they better win a national championship? Because everyone in Georgia knows it. Everyone in Georgia knows they got the best team they've had. Everyone in Georgia can see across the rest of the landscape. There is no other elite team out there. There is no other quarterback that is single-handedly capable of beating them. They've already got the East locked up. They've got plenty of advanced time to prepare for Bama. They don't have to beat them twice. If they beat them in Atlanta once, especially if it's soundly, Bama will be out of there. And they know this, too. They know that Bama team's not a Bama team. Nick Saban's not even happy with this Alabama team. There has never been a set of circumstances lined up for Georgia better than they are this year. So you think I'm telling you there's a lot of pressure on Georgia. It's because I am. Let me be perfectly clear. There is immense pressure on the University of Georgia. There is more pressure on Georgia this year to win a championship than there is any other program. And I'm unequivocally telling you, if they don't win a national championship this year, this year will have been a failure. That's the only program I'm saying that about in the country. So am I putting more pressure on Georgia than anyone else? Yeah, I am. I'm not putting any more pressure on them than they're putting on themselves. Talk to some folks around the program. You'll get the sense I'm dead on the money. I might as well be repeating them verbatim. They know what the deal is around there. Reality is not negativity. Negativity would be me saying Georgia ain't got a shot to win a title. I'm not saying that at all. They're the favorite to win it. I'm being realistic with you. If they don't win it, you watch and see. If they somehow are able to fumble this where they do not win this national championship, You come back to your local Georgia message board or talk radio, not the next day, not the next week. Come back a month later and gauge the tone around the Georgia program. You will sense failure. You will sense people who know it has been a failure. I don't care if they make it to the title game en route to winning the SEC and winning a semifinal in the process. This season will be a failure if Georgia does not win a national championship. If that rubs you the wrong way, it rubs you the wrong way. But that's the reality around that program. If you don't like those expectations, you've hitched your wagon to the wrong program because that's the way it's going to be around there. And it's especially going to be that way the rest of this season. Now, if they win the title this season, I'll never say that again. 
nor will they ever say it again. I mean, they'll say it, but it won't be true. There will never be another time after you've gotten one out of the way that it's win a national championship or all is lost, it's a failure. It'll never be that way again. It could never be that way for Alabama again. It will never be that way for any program that's won a title. But when you haven't won one in four decades and the stars align for you to the degree they have this year, and you have so many influential players come back for one more shot at winning a title and ending that four-plus decade drought, and there are no other elite teams out there, and the Goliath in your conference over there in Tuscaloosa is coming off their most legendary team ever, and they've got huge holes that they haven't fully replaced yet and filled yet and voids they haven't filled. And Nick Saban sitting here in mid-November at press conferences complaining about the team's demeanor and attitude. They have not played with a level of physicality all year you expect from Alabama. They have not played with a level of consistency that you would expect all year from Alabama. They are ripe to be beaten. It's there. It's all there is my point. So yeah, there is huge pressure on Georgia. I would not lie to you and tell you otherwise. And while I'm at it, here's some more truth. We got to take an ad break. Be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now that we're back and now that we've undone the top button of the shirt because of the previous question, I ended up scrolling through the rest of the podcast review section And this has been very, very enlightening for me. There were some of you who said, love the show. I wish you'd bump the audio up a little bit because I have trouble hearing it when I'm on the lawnmower. Uh, Well, in the wintertime, I think immediately we'll be able to take care of that problem. However, I have heard you loud and clear. I'm not totally happy with our audio quality either. It's not producer Jordan's fault. I got to get a new microphone. I got to get a better microphone. I'm working with something here to give you a little behind the scenes that we ordered I don't know, with like a day or two's advance notice before we started recording this when I first got here. And in the spirit of consistency, I've just never upgraded it. And so we're working with like a $200 microphone here. And really, and I got to lean in close so management doesn't hear, we can charge them for whatever we want now. And so we're going to charge them for a much better microphone, one of those really fancy deals that makes you sound like you work for NASA. Let's get one of those in here. Merry Christmas to us for a change. Uh, Also, there's a healthy mixture of people saying we should get new intro music and other people saying they love the intro music. This war is still raging. I asked you this like three weeks ago, 
and we have not come to a consensus. It's the craziest thing. I could put a poll out today on a coin flip and it would not be split more evenly, 50-50 heads and tails, than this has been. I asked, do you want new intro music? Full disclosure, I'm not crazy about our intro music on this show. I'm not particularly crazy about the intro music we have on the YouTube show, which we will air tonight on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, Late Kick Live. I'm not crazy about that either, but it's not my show. And so if you like it, we're going to keep it. But half of you say you love it. Half of you say you hate it. No one said they're indifferent. Not as, as usual. Not a single person said, eh, really don't care either way. Just give me good content. Let's move on. Michael's got a question here. He said, I know which game you're going to Saturday, which for those unfamiliar, the Renaissance Tour is taking us to Columbus, Ohio for Michigan State versus Ohio State. And I'll be all around the state of Ohio before that. Talmadge? I want to say the town's name is Talmadge, Ohio. It's a little bit south of Cleveland. I'm going to head up there for a little get together on Friday. I am foregoing an interview with Ryan Day and Mel Tucker to do that. Probably not the smartest career move, but hey, friends and family, you know, especially around this time of year, you got to prioritize. So I'm going up to Talmadge, first time ever in Talmadge. Big meal planned, big ping pong tournament planned. A rivalry that dates back to my local news days. Uh, but I will be obviously at the Michigan State, Ohio State game Saturday. But Michael asked, which game, considering everything we know, do you think is the most important in college football this week. Michael, I could go the SMU Cincinnati route. The line on that's under two touchdowns. I think it's around 12 or 13 last time I checked. Have not looked this morning. Cincinnati, a favorite, obviously, but it is a losable game. Most losable game they've played in a little while. They got the conference title game still coming up. I actually think the Utah Oregon game may end up being the most important. Uh, but you could obviously make the argument that Michigan State and Ohio State is because you have two of those highly ranked teams. I think the perception that I would agree with at the moment, because I did pick Ohio State to win the game, is there is a greater likelihood that a top four team loses a game in Salt Lake City than there is a top four team losing a game at Ohio State. Ohio State's favored by 19. They are a top four team. I'm not sure how many of you are aware of this yet. Oregon's an underdog this Saturday. They may be a top four team, but they're going into Utah. They are a three-point dog, and so there is a greater likelihood that Oregon loses. If Oregon wins, then obviously the headlines write themselves, but also if they've gone on the road, gone in there and weathered that storm and came out with a win, obviously it stands to reason they're playing their best football of the year in order to do it, and this is the right time of year to play your best football. So if Oregon wins the game, not only do you maintain top four status, but you also solidify top four status, and in the process... You may have to look at Oregon a little more seriously as a candidate to not only win the Pac-12, get in the playoff, but maybe even make some noise in the playoff, be an actual threat to win a semifinal game depending on matchup. So that's the direction I'd go there. Of course, the bigger potential outcome out of all of this would be Michigan State over Ohio State. I mean, if that were to happen, think about how much that rocks the college football landscape. So it rocks the Big Ten landscape because all of a sudden then Michigan State is in position where if they were to pull off that upset, not only do they vault themselves right back up into top four conversation, but they're in Big Ten championship conversation. It puts Ohio State and Michigan on an entirely different plane. Simultaneously, it makes you look at the last week for Michigan State and say, who are they playing? Oh, they're playing Penn State. Well, that ends up being Penn State Super Bowl. Penn State cannot achieve what they wanted to achieve, but they could derail someone else's season. In the process, they could end the season on a good note for themselves. Michigan Meanwhile, would need no motivation outside of the obvious to play against Ohio State. But what happens, guys, if we get into that kind of predicament, if Michigan State wins this Saturday, we get into a predicament where the Big Ten bumper car scenario is a possibility. Because if 
all those teams already have losses or multiple losses. That would be Ohio State's second loss. They may be out of the playoff and still have a shot at the Big Ten title game. Meanwhile, Michigan State's got a loss. Michigan's got a loss. Either of them could go to the Big Ten title game and stand a chance of losing to Wisconsin, which would mean your Big Ten champion, Wisconsin, has three losses minimum. Your runner-up has minimum two losses. Ohio State has two losses. Michigan has two losses. Michigan State has two losses. Wisconsin's got three losses. Where's the Big Ten playoff team coming from? That's how the bumper car scenario would work out. So, yeah, there's a lot on the line, obviously, in Columbus. I think there's more on the line in Columbus. I think the more important game, though, for the reasons I articulated, would be Utah versus Oregon in reverse order because you say the visiting team first, Oregon versus Utah. We got to get out of here. I've got a very, very important meeting to go to, and then we've got a very important show to put together for tonight. Thank you for all the support, guys. All the support it means the world above and beyond. Now, one day I'll be able to tell you everything that goes on around here because of you. Now is not the time, but one day it will be the time. Until then, for producer Jordan, I'm Josh Pate. Let's get out of here and let's get on with our day. Hope you have a great one. I'll see you later tonight on the 24 7 Sports YouTube channel, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Until then, Thanks, take care, and God bless. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions if you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.